Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Go Forth and Golf Podcast. I am your host, Steve Goforth, PGA professional at Cross Creek Golf Club. Welcome to season number three. I have a great episode for you today. Julian Taylor is my guest from Titleist. He has been a representative with Titleist for many, many years. And if there's anybody out there that knows Titleist, it is definitely Julian. You don't want to miss this interview I did with him. We talk about so many different things about Titleist Golf and what's coming down the pipeline for them in 2022. Before we get to that interview with Julian, I just want to go over a few news and notes that are taking place right now on the PGA Tour. Congratulations to John Daly and John Daly Jr. for the PNC Father-Son Championship. They played a fantastic two days of golf, barely edging out Tiger and his son Charlie for that victory. I have to tell you, you know I'm a Tiger fan if you listen to this podcast. I was really, really rooting for Tiger and Charlie to take this thing. They played outstanding. Charlie hit some amazing golf shots, as you could probably tell if you watched the golf tournament. And man, I, I thought they were going to take it home, especially that long birdie streak they got on, right? I mean, that was unbelievable. But if Charlie and Tiger could not win it, definitely wanted to see the Dailies take home the championship, and they did. I really like John Daly, and I hope his son has a fantastic future on the tour. Man, that would be Really cool to see he and Charlie go at it years from now on the tour and just have a little rivalry between them, kind of like Tiger and Phil did. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? So again, congrats to John and his son for that championship. The PGA Tour is getting ready to kick back up here this week as I'm recording this. The Century Tournament of Champions will be taking place at Kapalua. And then after that, you got the Sony Open in Hawaii. The American Express, the Farmers Insurance Open, and the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Amps. And we're really starting to kick off that West Coast schedule for the tour. And we're going to see some fantastic golf taking place over the next several weeks. We're probably going to see a little shuffle in the FedEx Cup standings. If you listened to about a couple of podcast episodes ago, I went over the FedEx Cup standings. So they're pretty much the same as they were then. So I'm not going to read those to you this episode but I will definitely keep you up to date on those standings going forward. And also a little bit of news and notes. We posted this on the Cross Creek Facebook page about the changes in the rules of golf. So I highly encourage you to go out there to our Facebook page. It's Cross Creek Golf Club. And click on that article at golf.com and read about these changes that are going to be taking place in 2022. To summarize it, you got three changes, driver length, you got the greens reading books are going to be changed, and also the amateur status. So read over that. Basically, the driver length, telling professionals they can't go over 46 inches on their driver, and then making some modifications, some restrictions of how the greens reading books are going to be laid out or used on tour, how to get approval, and then amateur status on the limit on the amount of cash you can win. Take the time to go read that. Really important stuff in regards to the rules of golf. And also just make sure you follow us on social media. Again, Cross Creek Golf Club on Facebook. And we also have a, an Instagram account out there. It's 
Cross Creek Golf Club SC, and then our Twitter account, Cross Creek underscore golf. It'll really benefit you a lot to go out there and follow us on social media so you'll pick up on other news and notes that we may publicize in the world of golf, but also at Cross Creek Golf Club. If you're interested in becoming a member at Cross Creek, please give me a call at the club or shoot me an email at steve at crosscreekgolf.net, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about how to join our fantastic golf club at Cross Creek. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the interview that I did with Julian Taylor with Tidelist. Oh, he got all of that one. Julian, welcome back to the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. The season's kicking up, and I know you're a busy man, so thank you so much for coming on. How you been doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Steve. Thank you. I'm. Uh, thank you for having me on. It was it was great meeting with you last week over at your new Cross Creek Plantation, and look forward to working with you over there. Um, but 21's been a an interesting year, but we're all looking forward to uh, 22 and, and some, uh, the, the golf business seems to be exploding right now and how we, how we all can manage it's going to be a big topic of you know, concern, I think. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to working with you over at Cross Creek and growing the Titleist brand there. It's going to be some exciting stuff. So thank you so much for everything you do for not only me, but everybody else out there in the industry. You have been with Titleist for a very long time and safe to say you, you may have been with the company longer than most that have been there. Uh, you've seen things come and go and, and, and where things are right now. How do you feel about Tidelist now compared to when you started and, and remind everyone how long you've been with the company? Yeah. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to fathom, but I left Clemson in uh, May of 84 and started with Tidelist in June of 84 so I guess I'm uh, completed 38 years, 37 years. I'm in my 38th year, I guess, is the way we look at it. But uh, no, it's been, honestly, it's been a great, great run. Tidelist, you know, obviously from the, pub, from, from the golf side of it and, and, and a marketing side and so on, everybody's familiar with it. But from an, being an employee of a company on the other side, every bit is as we are in the place we are is how we treat our, our people and uh i honestly it's been the older i get the longer i go along I, I realize what a dream it's been to be in an industry i love uh with a company that um has been just fantastic to me and and, and great success in the industry um one of the one of the biggest things i think i've seen um when i was a kid you know titleist well, we all knew about titleist golf balls uh, and that was that was great. But it, when it comes to other products, particularly clubs, we're relatively young. You know, we're we we started in the golf club business in the early 70s, late 60s. Whereas, you know, other McGregor's and Spalding's and Wilson's were they, they've been around for 100, 100 years. Um, but just to see the growth where Titleist, where we've always been a leader in the golf ball industry, golf balls, particularly. Um, where we've come so far when it comes to the rest of the lineup being drivers, putters, wedges, um, golf bags, uh, where we're, we're, you know, we're, we all have, we have a leading position in most all categories um, in the industry, which is really exciting. And again, as a, as a golfer who grew up playing golf, played college golf, um, it's so fun to have top quality products. It's stuff that I truly believe in, you know. 
All right, so the golf balls you guys have coming out this year, 2022, uh, I, I have no doubt they're going to be amazing. You guys are, are keeping the, the Pro V1 and the Pro V1X the same, but all others are going to be different. Talk to me about that. What's going to be changing with these golf balls? I kind of let you go down the list. And I think the most important thing would be for someone listening, how, it, how are these golf balls going to benefit them? What can it do for them? Which one should they look at based on – their handicap range or their level of play. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, the uh, Pro V, Pro V1, as you mentioned, will continue as is. Um, we try to maintain two-year life cycles. We feel like that's that gives us adequate time to build the build a brand and, and get get the information out and and without switching too quickly. We, what what I find is. Uh, when people, when companies start switching brands and are changing golf balls quickly, you know, in an effort to grow sales quickly, uh, it gets confusing in the marketplace. So we feel like two years is a good life cycle. Um, so uh, we've just completed one year on Pro V, so we'll we'll stay with that for for this year. And then uh, the other golf balls, the uh, AVX, the DT, as well as Velocity, all will be new in 22. Uh, and I, I can, you know, talk a little bit about them. I, the thing that's interesting to me is, and, and working with golf pros like yourself and my customers, is the Pro V gets garners all the attention. It's it's the one that uh, you know, talk about on tour. Uh, it is the number one selling ball in the in the industry. Um, but we sell a lot of other golf balls that, to your point, probably fit more golfers, other golfers better than maybe the Pro V does it some in some ways or shapes or forms. Um, we like to talk about performance of a golf ball and why you choose a ball. And we like to talk about preference. And when I say that performance is obvious, it, it suits your game and so on. But from a preference standpoint, what do you prefer? Do I prefer a field? Do I prefer a colored golf ball? Do I prefer a less expensive golf ball? So those are the two kind of ways of looking at it. Uh, and, and, you know, cause price is always a, is part of it for some, for more consumers than others, but um, I guess first off, AVX, which is a golf ball we just introduced, I want to say four years ago, as an alternative product to Pro V, Pro V1. Um, and it's a lower, little slightly lower spinning and a softer compression golf ball. So very similar to Pro V1, uh, but a little softer compression and, and a little less spin. What that means to the golfer is it's going to have a different feel, of course. And then two, it's going to be a lower spinning product, say off the irons and off the driver, which for the golfer, maybe at slower swing speeds who counts on more roll for their drive or for their approach to the green, they're going to get more of it. Uh, the claim I hear most often about AVX is, hey, I hit my irons uh, uh, eight to 10 yards longer than I do with any other golf ball. And so from that standpoint, overall, it's going to be longer. Um, but, it, it, but it's right in the same category with Pro V, Pro V one X. Um, the DT is an interesting golf ball DT true feel, which is the golf, the, the Titleist in the red box, um, may be the best selling micro brand in our history. And that it's been around since the early seventies yeah, under the same micro brand, same name and so on. Uh, it's evolved over the years. Uh, right now it's, it's uh, a great golf ball. We think for a lot of people and it comes in at a great price. It's our, our lowest price Titleist. Um, so from that standpoint uh, for beginning golfers, for golfers that are just a little more price conscious, 
you're, you're getting a Titleist golf ball at a great price. So you've got the quality and the reputation of a Titleist, but in a nice golf ball that's low compression, um, you know, durability has become kind of a given. Most all the golf balls are durable nowadays. But um, so it, it's, it's been a, a real stronghold for us for years and has done very well for us over, like I said, over 50 years. Oh yeah, um, and expanding on that golf ball, like you said, price point I think is huge on that one. But again, it's got that distance aspect to it, but yet it has that soft feel aspect around the greens with wedges, with a putter, et cetera. Am I am I incorrect in saying that, or is that pretty much sum up that golf ball? And the, hey, you're getting the best of both worlds—a little bit of softness, a little bit of distance to go along with a really good price tag. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. So you've got your the preference of a soft feel, the preference of a price but the performance of some good distance and, 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 uh, and the call quality and consistency of a, of a tight list in, in, a, in, a, uh, you know, entry level price point, let's say. Right. Yeah. And then the uh, third ball we'll talk about a little bit is velocity, um, which is the golf ball in the white with the orange trim boxy, uh, and has done great for us the last, I'm going to say this is about the third generation. So it's probably been around six years or eight years. Um, but, this golf ball, we make no, no real claims about anything other than it's a distance golf ball. So it's going to be a little firmer feel than, say, the DT uh, uh, True Feel uh, or the Pro-V or the AVX. But it's a distance play. And so day in and day out across all categories of golfers, it's going to be our longest golf ball. Now, it's not going to, you're probably not going to be able to take and nip a wedge like you can with a Pro-V or an AVX. Right. But uh, it's a good golf ball for that person to say, Hey, I, distance is the, the number one most important thing in my game, you know, that I need to improve. What about the tour soft? Yeah. Tour soft will continue as is right now. And tour soft is a, is a, uh, as a nice golf ball that, uh, we added a brother to this past year uh, tour speed. And that's the, the Titleist golf ball that's in the blue box with the, with the uh, silver and the gold trim. Um, and it's done very well for us in that it's a tweener. It's got some of the characteristics of, of the Pro V, but got some characteristics of the of the velocity, so to speak, from a distance standpoint, because it's a lower spinning version. Um, the tour speed, which we offered this year, not to get confusing, is actually a urethane cover golf ball, uh, similar to the golf, the, the urethane that we put on uh, Pro V's. When you go to urethane, you get a real high quality spinny golf ball. That's good, particularly around the greens and with your short game area. What would you say would be the biggest change in any of these golf balls that you mentioned? Is it the cover? Did you guys improve the core? Was it all of the above? What type of changes do you guys consider when you put out a different golf ball every year or every two years? Right. Yeah. You know, Steve, some years um, the changes are big and obvious. Some years it's more subtle uh, it may be in a, a process of how we make a golf ball or the paint we put on a golf ball, which some, you know, not too many people are thinking about it and they might not notice it until they get out on the golf course and see how, and that the ball looks brighter or lasts longer and so on. Um, but we take a long-term view on it and it's a golf ball that if we can see, you know, when you try to come up with the best golf ball for the what with the current technology and then at you know maybe two years down the line we, we see okay there's places we can improve a golf ball so some years it's hey the golf ball is great off the driver but we'd like to improve it around the greens um like for instance pro v1x when it first came out 
years ago. Uh, we knew it was a long golf ball and longer than pro V at the time, uh, for most golfers, but it didn't have quite the short game performance. Uh, and over the years with each coming generation of pro V one X, we've made improvements so that now pro V pro V one X are almost identical around the greens, but off the driver, one suits uh, a certain golfer and the other suits uh, another golfer based on their swing speed on their more, more on their, on their spin rates and, and height with a launcher golf ball. Um, so it, it, the, the changes are subtle at the end of the day, they all add up to a better product. If you want to take control of your health and feel so much better, I encourage you to check out pure on Maine. They have two locations on Main Street in downtown Greenville across from the Hyatt and another location on Cannon Street in beautiful downtown Greer. Pure on Main provides you with essential services and products allowing you to live a healthier, more fulfilling life. Pure on Main is one of the most exclusive and unique health and wellness centers in the upstate. They've been nominated as one of Greenville's best wellness centers for five consecutive years. Do you want to improve your endurance? Increase your mobility in your golf swing or get rid of joint pains? I can assure you Betsy and her staff are passionate about helping you improve your life. They have stores filled with beneficial items for your body and your soul. They also provide services such as colon hydrotherapy, massage therapy, ionic foot detox, and wellness consulting. Pure on Main is dedicated to helping and serving their community. Please give them a call and let them recommend top-of-the-line products that are results-driven. I get all of my wellness supplements from them, and I feel amazing. Visit their website at pureonmain.com. Again, that's pureonmain.com, where you can purchase their phenomenal products, or you can visit their downtown locations in Greenville and Greer. So what are you waiting for? Start living healthier and pure with the help of Pure On Main. You won't regret it. So you guys are making some exciting changes with the Vokey wedges. The SM8 wedges were amazing, but you guys have made some improvements. You're introducing the new uh, SM9 wedges. Tell me about the changes that were made, if you know or if you can, about these. And, and I'll be honest with you, these, these could be quite possibly the best wedges you guys have put out to date. Is that fair to say? Yes. And, and similar, you know, similar story, what we say about the golf ball. Uh, but even more so in, say, in the Vokey Wedge or, or a driver in that you, you, you introduce a product, you put it out in the marketplace, you, you do the best you can with what you have at that time and, and see how it reacts. Um, some years will change the center of the gravity on the, on the golf club. And what that does, that, that alters spin rates. It, it also alters uh, launch characteristics. You know, I, I love that saying that, Paul Azinger, you'll hear him, the TV announcer, he'll say, well, the pros like to hit their wedges low and the, the long irons high and amateurs like to hit their wedges high and amateurs like to hit their, <laughs> they hit their long irons low. Yeah. Very, and, very true. And that, and that comes and you and I, you've, you've been around enough good golfers to see them, but you love to see that guy that really knows how to work a wedge and he hit, he's got a 50 yarder and he hits it in there about, you know, it looks like head high, but it still hits the green and grabs on the first bounce. And, right. and, and that has a lot to do with where the center of the gravity is on the club. Uh, also the grooves we use. Um, one of the subtle things about Vokey wedges is we use different grooves on different lofts. Um, the higher the loft, the, the, the more aggressive the grooves are, the more spin they put in part on the ball. 
when you get down into the, uh, the full swing, you know, like a, a gap wedge or a 48 degree pitching wedge where a guy is wor working on a full swing, we use a thinner, smaller groove so that we don't put too much spin on it because of the speed of the swing, um, which is kind of a subtle thing. It's real easy to say, okay, we've got, we've got some new wedges, put, put the new grooves in all of them. But we take it a step further and we use different centers of gravity, different, um, uh, different uh, grooves, uh, depth and width on the different golf clubs, depending on what you're trying to do it with the club. You know, typically a, a lob wedge or sand wedge, you're trying to spin the ball a lot. <laughs> you know, it's a yeah. recovery shot out of high grass or around the green. So those are a couple of subtle changes. The other uh, that we've, we, uh, Bob Vokey likes to always talk about, he says, I have the greatest testing crew in the, in the, in the world, in the PGA tour. And when he comes out with a wedge, he takes it out there and lets, you know, um, Adam Scott or Jordan Spieth, you know, go out and test it and let them give, gives him feedback. And that goes into a lot of the different grinds that we use, which grinds and soul width and soul grinds are very confusing. I think to the average golfer, but it, it pays to do your research, maybe demo them a little bit. Um, to find out which one works best for your game, um, the, the, how, how much bounces on a club, how wide the sole the club is, how steep uh, a sole is. Um, so those are all things that we, we are changing with different models over the years to make a golf club more playable for more golfers. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up about the grind on the wedges. I think you guys uh, really go more in depth with the grind on your wedges than most other wedge companies, if not all of them. And I've always been tremendously impressed with how detailed your grinds are. Yeah, it. Uh, well, it, it's it's an interesting thing when you you know we're, we don't play basketball, or we don't play tennis courts where you're always under the exact same conditions. Right. When you play when you play golf there's different conditions from, from hole to hole, from golf course to golf course. You know, you may at cross Creek, you may have a certain type of sand in your bunkers at Greenville country club. They may have a different sand, your mowing practices, you know, who do you have high rough? Do you have no rough around the greens? Do you play a lot of bumper runs? Do you hit a lot of flop shots? And so all those things come into play when it talks about wedges. And I always say to guys, when they start looking at wedges, I said, look, you know, the putter's important, the driver's important, but the next thing is your wedges. You better have some wedges. Most people will miss, you know, anywhere from six, eight, 10, 12 greens around. They have to recover. Well, you better have a nice set of wedges in your toolbox to recover. Yeah. Right? To your point, when to your point, do you think it would be abnormal or, uh, uncommon that a golfer may have a certain grind uh, of wedges that he plays at one course. And then he takes a whole nother separate set of grinds to a different course. Well, you know, definitely. I, I always, in my territory, I have South Carolina and I have the mountains of North Carolina and what we sell in the mountains of North Carolina majority of versus what we sell in South Carolina can be two different things because one, you're dealing with firm Bermuda fairways and Bermuda rough, and then up in the mountains, highlands, and cashers, you're dealing with bent, you know, Kentucky bluegrass, bent grass. It, it's a whole different way to play. So, you know, I don't know how practical it is, but if if you got you know money to burn, you know, it'd be nice to have a set of wedges for every golf course. <laughs> sure, yeah, well, absolutely. But yeah, the, 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 you know, just something to think about there. I mean, yeah, if you've got the money to do it and you don't mind investing, because I feel like your wedge game is super, super important. So if you're going to invest money 
do that in your short game, obviously, and your wedges are, are a huge part of that. But yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting, interesting point that people may not think about that. Hey, maybe I need different wedges for a different environment that I'm playing in, especially if you maybe travel down south for the winter and you go back up north for the summer months. That could completely change the type of wedges that you use. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and what we see, um, what we're seeing on the tour. Uh, and, and somewhat with the better, you know, the, the more competitive amateurs is they have a, a little uh, toolbox of wedges that they'll use depending on where they're playing. You know, um, the, where we see it on the tour uh, specifically is you think if you think about this, you got Augusta, you got a U.S. Open typically and then a British Open. And those are three super different, distinctly different types of golf courses. Right. And right. when Vokey gets most of his action uh, for changing on wedges is a, is a month leading up to those events where a guy says, okay, I'm getting ready to, I'm in Florida, but I'm getting ready to go to prep to play for the masters. What do I need there? Super tight fairways. Um, Got to have less bounce so I can get down to the golf ball, get underneath the golf ball. And then maybe he goes to the U S open and, and, you know, and the U S opens evolved a little bit, but typically it has high rough around the greens and so on. And so what do I need there? Well, I might need more bounce or more loft uh, to be, to get, to excavate the golf ball out of those conditions. And then of course you go to the British open and it could be anything, but typically they're very, very firm fairways uh, and it requires a different type of technique as well as uh, equipment. No, absolutely. But, and, you know, and I, I feel like it's really important to expand more on this. And I didn't get to do this with you on the, the last time you were on the podcast. And I really wanted to do so here because, you know, wedges are just something that a lot of golfers, especially your mid to high handicappers, they, they just don't pay enough attention to them. They don't put enough emphasis on them. I'll, I'll run into a lot of students who just have maybe one wedge, two wedges at the most in their bag. But that is a crucial, crucial part of the golf game. And you expanding on all this as far, as far as bounce grind, different playing conditions, these are things that a lot of golfers, they don't think about. And then they struggle when they get around the green. Their scores go up. And, you know, it gets frustrating, obviously. But I, I'm, I'm so glad that we expanded on this a little bit more because, again, I just feel like it's something that a lot of golfers out there, they don't emphasize enough. And it's, it's, it's really, really important. Well, let's transition into the newest line of Scotty Cameron putters. And Scotty Cameron, obviously a very, very popular line of putters out there and extremely good when it comes to the quality, as everyone knows. Uh, tell me more about the new line of putters that are uh, that are coming down the pipeline for you guys. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, Scotty Cameron, just to give a, a little background, um, Scotty was a, a putter maker, so to speak, like uh, a, a frustrated putter maker back in the uh, uh, 80s and early 90s and, and uh, bounced around with a couple of different companies. And in 1994, uh, we brought him on board and, and it became Scotty Cameron by Tideless. Um, and it's just been an amazing story. When we when we purchased it, we brought him in, we we weren't really looking to make a volume play where, Hey, we're going to sell a bunch of putters. It was more, Hey, let's make the best putter we can and have it reflect well on the Titleist brand. And everything we do with this putter should reflect well on Titleist. 
Um, and it's honestly, I'm sure it's exceeded all of our expectations from a volume standpoint. And to this day, you know, we're 20, 25 years into it and the brand is still every bit as hot. It's got, you know, people are proud to own a Scotty Cameron putter and um, he does just some wonderful, wonderful things uh, and tries to be on the, on the leading edge of technology. Um, you know, putters for years was always, well, how's it look and how's it feel? And, and that kind of, that's how you picture putter, you know, oh, that one looks good. I like it. Or that one felt good. I'll put it. But like everything else, we're measuring things. We can, uh, uh, the, the R and D behind the putters from a balance standpoint, from a forgiveness standpoint have all made just huge strides. Um, in our lineup, you know, we still offer what we call our classics, which are your Newport, Newport two, which are very familiar head shapes and just kind of become, you know, just stalwarts in everybody's lineup. Everybody seems to have owned a Newport or, or for argument's sake, a ping answer over the years, which was a, a, a wonderful putter. The latest generation in the trends we see uh, in the marketplace and on tour is going to a mallet putter. And mallet, as just by definition, is going to be a larger putter um, that has a more balanced point to it, more weight on the heel and toe. It also, by the larger, large, the size of the putter, it also gives you the ability to put more lines and make it more of an alignment device. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And so for years, mallets have been around for years, but just in the last few years where we took some of the best characteristics of the classic putters and added them to a mallet balanced putter, uh, now you see it on television where I don't know what the number is. I'm going to say it's 55, 60% of the guys are using a mallet now, but that number five years ago was 10%. And so we're seeing a big trend towards mallet putters um, that perform and have the feel of a good classic putter, but have the technology and performance of a super balanced, high, uh, you know, heel toe weighted putter as well. Um, let me ask you. Our, a let me ask you a question about the mallets just for a second. What about someone that has more of an arc style to their putting stroke? You know, opening and closing of the door slightly. Would that mallet not be best suited for them, or would they need to look at a different line of Scotty Cameron to help them with that arc style? Well, and that you, you mentioned that's the key, that's the key in my mind. That's the key point, which has put mallets over the over the edge and made them more popular in that we started creating putters with the, what we call toe flow or to your point arc is how, how we all grew up putting. Um, putting is like a golf swing in that it, there's a plane to it and there's an ang there's a lie angle. If we were playing croquet straight up and down, everybody would use the same type of thing, a face balanced croquet balance, so to speak. But because it's off, it, it does have a lie to it. And so what you call arc or toe flow, which is when a golfer takes it away, it the, the putter opens up and when he brings it back, it closes and then it, it squares up and then on the follow through, it closes. Right. Um, and so when we started, not just us, other companies have done the same thing. Uh, when we started adding toe flow and arc, balance to the mallet putters now it became the best of both worlds in that it's the putter it flows like i want it to but it gives me the forgiveness of the modern technology um, to your point prior to that most mallets were all what we call face balance which promoted a more straight back straight through square stroke which is good on short putts and for some golfers but most golfers have an arc to their stroke and so you want to have a certain amount of it 
Now, within our lineup, there's uh, we have the five and the 5.5. Well, the 5.5 is uh, whenever there's a, um, a decimal point and a 0.5 to it, that means it's got more toe flow and it's designed for more toe flow, more arc. When it's a solid number like a five, or a, we have a five, a 5.5, we have a seven, a 7.5, and then we have a nine and 9.5. Well, those are the same putters, but one has better, they, they have different, um, uh, they promote different arcs and different toe flow, so to speak. Um, but, but again, that's another one that's worth asking your pro about. Um, if you can get it out there, even in the golf shop, if you, if you did without taking it out and hitting it on the green, you can feel the way a putter feels to you as far as toe flow. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to bring that, that topic up because, you know, the, a lot of golfers feel like, okay, if I'm going to play a mallet, I have to be straight back, straight through. And what you guys are doing with your technology, you're being innovative and you're saying, Hey, we can play a mallet putter. You don't have to be a straight back, straight through putting style you can have an arc to your putting stroke and still use a mallet whereas like you said earlier that really hasn't been the case and again that's a that's something else that i, I focus on a lot with students is i look at their putter i see is it does it have toe hang or is it face balance and then what type of putter are they and a lot of times they may they may be a, an arc putting style but they have a face balance putter so it's all wrong form or vice versa so I love the fact that you guys have gotten innovative with your mallets, created more of that of that uh, toe hang, I guess you could say, or toe weight to accommodate an arc style putting stroke, but with that mallet forgiveness and that that ability to align it better with a mallet putter, like you were saying earlier. Right, right, and and that's why I say when when we when we and and like I said, other manufacturers have done the same thing. Um, when we started doing that all of a sudden they start showing up on tour. And I, I always say to people, Hey, the guys on tour, they only use them for one reason. It's because they can make more putts. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no and they doubt. don't care. They don't care what it looks like. You know, when they, some of the early mallets and even some of them today, they're kind of clunky looking, you know, to the, to the, to maybe to an older set of eyes, <laughs> um, but depending on what generation you are, but there, that's a whole different look. It doesn't have that sleek, you know, they don't have the sleek look of a, of a classic putter, so to speak but they work. And so they're going to use them because they make their living making more putts. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and they have their entourage, just like they have launch monitors for measuring drivers and swing speeds and so on. They have, you know, uh, devices that can measure putting strokes and, and, and consistency of a putter and, and how it works uh, uh, under all conditions. And they, they, you know, if the guy says, Hey, you're going to make, you know, this many more putts uh, out of 10 putts, you're going to make one more. I'm going to use it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We don't need to go too much into the driver and the irons. Obviously, everything's staying the same. You guys introduced um, a new line of uh, hybrids and irons back in the fall. Touch on that briefly. Tell me about that as far as, you know, the, the going forward with the driver and then the irons and the hybrids that you guys introduced in the fall. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. TSI metals, we introduced this time a year ago or fall of, yeah, fall of 19. Yeah. Um, or excuse me, fall of 20. Uh, and they've been our most successful launch in ever. Um, you know, we, we, we've got two head shapes, the TSI uh, two and TSI three, and then we have a couple fringe players. Uh, so now we have a TSI one, two, three, four, depending on the golfer and what they're looking for. Um, but it's been a great lineup for us. We're in year 
we're entering year two of the product life cycle and they continue to sell at, at the same pace they did the first year. So that tells us we have something um, with drivers, uh, unlike some other products where maybe um, you make some, you make some guesses on what you want to get, and how you do it. Nowadays, everybody buys a driver. They've been on a launch monitor and the launch monitor doesn't lie. And if your driver isn't fast and forgiving, it's not going to sell. And, uh, you know, we, the last, this, this new lineup was a big jump from our predecessor model, our previous model, where the previous model was consistent and forgiving, but it wasn't as fast. It was two or three miles slower than some of the other drivers in the marketplace. Consequently, it didn't sell as well. Well, now this one is faster than most everybody in the marketplace and equally or more forgiving than any driver we've ever made. So, um, the, the big thing on drivers, if, if I was recommending anything to a golfer is go to your golf shops, go, go to your, get on a launch monitor where you can compare. So one, it looks good to you, but you can, you can actually see the analysis and the numbers, um, before you select it and pick the one that's best for you. Um, well, I think a misconception out there for years is that, uh, Titleist equipment is for low handicap golfers. That's just not the case. I mean, you guys have really expanded your line of golf equipment over the years to really incorporate every handicap range that's out there. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and we, we love, we love the fact that the, the, the lower handicapper and the better golfers and the PGA tour pros, I mean, that's, that's all wonderful. And we love um, it's a feather in our cap, but, you know, there's a lot more of, of the rest of us average golfers out there that need forgiveness. And like you said, in the, you know, the last four or five generations of drivers, they've gotten progressively more forgiving uh, and, and faster. So, yeah, I, I, I feel confident presenting it to anybody nowadays. Uh, some of the things we've done when I mentioned the, the one, two, three, four, well, the one is a super lightweight version uh, of the TSI two and the TSI one is super lightweight, easier to, to, uh, swing faster, uh, for slower swing speeds and it launches the ball higher. So, you know, that's where I would put people. I know in talking to my, my pros and my golf shops, you know, they've seen a big growth in our driver business to those golfers. Now that we're offering some of these other products. Let's talk about the current players you guys have representing you on the PGA and LPGA tour. Who will be the staffers we can, we can see on television going forward in 2022. And I'm also curious to know, how do you guys go about choosing who's on staff? I mean, is there certain criteria that's in place? I mean, how do you, how do you make this happen and, and get that tool presence that you guys have always had? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Titleist as a brand, uh, probably as we, you know, we've hung our hat and our credibility on the PGA tour, probably more than any company in history. You know, we've, we've been the number one, you know, number one golf ball on PGA tour, number one driver on PGA tour. And that's those, those claims are, are, are accurate and validated, but that, that we rely on that throughout most of our products, so to speak. And, um, it starts with us. It starts very young, uh, high school, junior and high school and college. And we develop a lot of long-term relationships with guys. I mean, if you remember when Tiger Woods first got on tour before Nike got into the big business and, you know, obviously 
Nike, uh, uh, Nike came in and he had, he had a contract with them for clothing, but then eventually they got into hard goods. So, on. But long story short, um, we were following Tiger Woods when he was 11 years old and we, you know, we saw what he was going to do and he used our products right on up till he was, I guess, 24, 25. He still uses the putter. Every major he's ever won was with the Scotty Cameron putter. Um, but I guess what I'm getting to is it's a long-term perspective and we, uh, we, we, we are loyal to them. They're typically, they're pretty loyal to us. Um, but players like a, a Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth or even Adam Scott, we we've been with them since they were teenagers. And most guys nowadays, um, uh, or, or a lot of guys these days say, Hey, I've got to use products that I know I can win with. Um, if I win, that will far outweigh many of the contracts I could sign to play other brands and things like that. Sure. Um, and, and so it's for us, that's been, a, that's been a, a great situation for us, but to, to answer your question, we start young with them. Um, they get to know us. We get to know them. They, they trust us. Uh, I think one of the things they like about Titleist is we do have Bob Bokey. We do have Scotty Cameron. We've got eight or 10 technicians out there on tour every single week with the guys, um, some of the smaller companies, you know, if you have a problem with your wedge or your driver, you got to call somebody and hopefully the next week they can fix it for you. Um, whereas we, these guys build, build a relationship up with Scotty Cameron, with Bob Bokey and they, they can go to him and Bob Bokey knows Jordan Spieth's game or he knows Adam Scott's game. And he says, Oh, well, you know, this is what we saw in your previous generation of wedges. Here's what we're going to incorporate in the new wedges. Um, so, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun thing for us. Uh, and again, we, ha we, we rely heavily on it. Um, but we also take a real long-term view. Uh, if you look down over the history of the Titleist guys and the current Titleist guys, they're pretty, they're pretty much kids. You'd like to have your daughter marry type thing, you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't, we aren't go for the flash in the pans. You don't, they're all pretty well buttoned up and good, you know, good people as well as, you know, good golfers. Uh, and, and then they're all not to say they're not all good guys, but you know, we, 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 have a certain image we want to uphold and, and present. And, and those are the guys we go after. Um, I'm sure I'm certainly not asking you to show any favoritism by any means, but of the current staffers on the PG and LPGA tour, who do you, who are you most excited about in 2022? Do you have a prediction on who you think may, you know, make the biggest jump or may, uh, make the biggest impact? on the tour next year. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think, um, you know, we've watched Jordan Spieth come back from the depths of kind of a, a slump. I think he's going to have a good year. Justin Thomas. I don't think he's reached his potential yet. I think he's, it's, a, it's just a matter of time that he's going to be a guy that's a, a one major, two major yeah. guy a year. Yeah. I agree. Um, um, but on, on the other side, some guys, maybe people don't think about too much that I'm, I'm particularly excited about is, Patrick came, Cantley came on like a freight train at the end oh, of the yeah. year, yeah. right? And he's another one that we've been kind of waiting on. He had some issues, uh, physical issues and different things in his life that kind of set him back. Um, I think he had a back injury um, and so on, but he's coming on strong. Max Homa is another guy that just, when you watch him on television, you said, how does he not win every week? His fundamental, yeah. his beautiful, beautiful swing. Um, this Will Zalatorius. Uh, mm -hmm. Wake Forest grad, 23, four years old. Uh, I mean, he's coming on fast. Yeah, tons um, of potential there. 
Yeah. Um, the one guy that's real interesting um, from, um, I think he's South African, is that Garrett Higo, H-I-G-G-O. Um, he won the tournament down in uh, Beaufort, down by down Hilton Head this summer. Um, mm-hmm. But look for look forward to him spending more time in America where he'll become more familiar to all of us. Um, but he, I think he's going to have a great year. Um, you know, one, one thing this year was new for us was LPGA. We had a huge year with the, the Corda sisters and that yeah. was something we just kind of took an initiative the last, you know, about a year and a half, two years ago, we said, Hey, we need to commit a little more to the LPGA and we want to get involved. Um, Mike Juan and the commissioner of AP, LPGA has done some great things. It's becoming much more visible. They're getting a lot more airtime. And so we said, we want to be part of that. Um, and of course, no, you know, who's better than the Corda sisters, you know, ho- right. you know, American apple pie and, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, but that, that was an interesting story where they, they'd never, they'd never been to any manufacturers and got tested or thing. They just kind of gather their equipment along the way and pick and show, you know, choose what they needed. But we took them, they both went out to our plant, our factory in California, went through all the, the whole process and came out with, you know, 14 Titleist clubs, wedges, putters, drivers and so on and just had you know obviously um uh the younger one nelly won the olympics you know won a major or two and then three or four other tournaments uh had a phenomenal year um the other girl uh, uh her sister obviously uh and then also danielle kang is another one that we signed is just a, a neat gal as well big personality uh and competitive um so looking forward to them and those those are our full line product gals um, but you know, 70% of them use our golf ball. But Julian, you, you guys are knocking home runs again, as always in your line of, of equipment and golf balls. I mean, and, and something we haven't talked about headwear. I mean, my goodness. I mean, headwear, uh, everybody loves, uh, that, that, that title of script on their, on their hat and they may needs a hat, but they, they buy a hat anyway. Right. We get, they get them because we want them, <laughs> not because we need them and excited about having more of that in our shop at cross Creek and super excited about that. But, uh, again, you guys are just, uh, just really setting the bar like you always do. And congratulations on everything you've done with your career and all the success you're having and, uh, and everything you guys are doing at Titleist this upcoming year and not only growing the game of golf, but just helping others out there, the golfers out there, enjoy the game more and, uh, and get excited about it. So thank you so much for everything you're doing and Tylus is doing. And most importantly, thank you for coming on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, Steve, thank you. It's always great catching up with you. And uh, thank you for all you're doing to grow the golf business here in the upstate. My pleasure. Julian, take care of yourself and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Congratulations, my friend. You have completed another episode of the Go Forth and Golf podcast. Thank you very, very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to push that play button and supporting the podcast. I can't sit here and say thank you enough for that. So again, thank you very, very much. Thank you again to Julian for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview with him. Get out there and support the Titleist brand. If you play their product now, you know how good it is. Get out there and experiment with one of those new golf balls they have coming out this year. Find the best one that fits you. It's super important, like Julian was talking about, because it depends on what kind of golfer you are. Get out there and do a ball testing or a ball fitting 
and find the one that works best for your game. You can find their product in our golf shop at Cross Creek, or you can find it at your local golf shop as well. Help me spread the word about the podcast. Tell other people you know about it, especially those that love the game as much as we do. Let them know about this podcast because it could help them. And then most importantly, it's going to help grow the game of golf. And that's what I'm here for, to grow the game of golf, to educate you, to inspire you, all of those things. So your help on that is really, really appreciated. Share it on your social media accounts. That's also tremendously appreciated. And if you're listening on the Apple platform, go out there and give me a five-star rating if you feel like I deserve it. Leave me a good review. All that does is just kind of moves me up those Apple charts, and it just helps other listeners of golf podcast find this one and enjoy it as much as you are i hope the next episode is going to drop on wednesday january the 19th i'll have more great topics for you in that episode as well and start submitting your questions to me because i'm going to do a listener question episode very very soon so reach out to me on social media you can find me at go forth golf instruction you can send me a message there or you can find me on Instagram, which is sgoforth underscore PGA. You can also reach out to me at Cross Creek Golf Club or shoot me an email at sgoforth at pga.com. Again, that's sgoforth at pga.com. Send me any golf question that you have. No questions, a silly question. I'll be happy to answer it for you on that episode of the podcast when that drops, and I'll let you know. But just start sending those questions in now. The more I can get, the better. Until the next episode, I hope you hit your drives long and straight. I hope you hit more greens in regulation. I hope you drain more putts. And most of all, and I say it every episode, get out there and have a good time. That's what we're here for. That's why we play this game. Get out there and have fun. Never lose sight of that. Don't forget to do something nice for somebody today. And remember, together in 2022, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game.